Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, October 28th. On this date in 1886, President Grover Cleveland was on hand to dedicate the Statue of Liberty. The statue was a gift from the people of France to the people of the U.S. On this date in 1936, another president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, would rededicate the statue to mark its 50th anniversary. And on this date in 1914, medical researcher Jonas Salk was born in New York. Salk would become world famous for developing a life-saving vaccine. Can you name the disease his work helped bring under control? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's check out your weekend forecast over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. And good Friday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Sovi. Temperatures starting out cool near 60 this morning. It won't warm up a whole lot. Mid to upper 60s for highs today. More clouds than sunshine, along with a slight chance of a shower breeze out of the northeast. Keep the jackets handy today uh, and take the umbrellas with you just in case. That'll be the deal throughout the weekend. Rain chance only about 20%, about 70 Saturday, 73 on Sunday. More clouds than sun this weekend. And then we're warm near 80 degrees, but we may have to dodge one or two showers on Halloween. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org slash careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. And let's get your Friday news headlines. Well, the Charleston County Sheriff's Office says a chase involving a stolen vehicle ended with that driver hitting a tree in North Charleston. Deputies say they attempted to stop a stolen vehicle around 8.50 last night, but the driver led them on a chase over 26. Now, authorities say the pursuit ended when the car hit a tree on a Tranto Road near Fairwind Drive. Deputies say the driver was arrested. He did not suffer any serious injuries, they say, and will face charges. His name has not been released. The North Charleston Police Department is investigating a shooting that happened Wednesday night. Officers responded to reports of shots fired near Rivers Avenue and Alton Street. According to a report, officers found shell casings near a store on Alton Street before being told about a gunshot victim. Police found a man in a vehicle that had crashed into a light pole on Alton Street and Railroad Avenue. That man was taken to the hospital. His condition is not known. Officers with the Somerville Police Department identified the suspect in a shooting that happened Wednesday night at a hotel. Officers say 32-year-old Michael Prophet was arrested on charges of murder and possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. Somerville police officers say they were called to the Hampton Inn on Holiday Drive just after 9 o'clock. Officers found a gunshot victim on the sidewalk near the entrance of that hotel. Police say a canine helped them locate the suspect at a nearby business in a Square. They say the suspect's gun, ammunition, and clothing were also found. The Berkeley County Coroner's Office will release the name of that victim at a later time. A Charleston man has pleaded guilty in federal court. According to the Department of Justice, 55-year-old David Washington admitted to preparing false and fraudulent income tax returns. Washington could face up to three years in federal prison and a fine of $250,000. 
The DOJ says court evidence revealed Washington operated a fraud scheme where he claimed false business losses for taxpayers whose returns he was preparing to offset reported income. Washington is to be sentenced after the United, United States District Judge receives and reviews a sentencing report. We now know the name of a person found Wednesday morning in North Charleston. The Charleston County Coroner's Office says the body of 63-year-old Theodore Lloyd was found near the corner of Meeting Street Road and Hawk Avenue. Officials are trying to determine how he died. North Charleston police continue to investigate. We're now learning the name of a person killed in, Tuesday, in a Tuesday night crash. Officials with the Charleston County Coroner's Office say the pedestrian was 30 years old, Florence, Florencio Diaz. The crash happened at Dorchester Road, apart, Dorchester Road and Apartment Boulevard. Details of what led up to the crash have not yet been released, but officials say Diaz died at the scene. North Charleston Police Department is investigating the incident. Well, North Charleston police are also asking for help locating a missing person. Why don't you take a look right there at your screen? Police say Anthony Fishburn was last seen at Trident Hospital October the 10th. Authorities say he's diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Now, if you do have any information on his whereabouts, you are asked to call North Charleston police. Well, South Carolina Ports shared the master plan for the future of Union Pier with CEO Barbara Melvin, Mayor John Tecklenburg, and members of the design team. Yeah, the development, the development to come to the pier after the announcement earlier this year to end the pier's home port contract for Carnival Cruise Line. Emily Johnson attended that final meeting and has a first look at that master plan. Over 700 community members attended three community engagement meetings to help share feedback and express concerns over the pier to help create the master plan. The main principles in the plan include improved streets, intersections, and views to the water. New public parks will provide waterfront access, playgrounds, dog parks, and public spaces. Union Pier will also provide solutions to reduce flooding. Project designers say they are determined to keep the downtown Charleston skyline unchanged. It's our intention to extend that fabric in the most responsible way, um, giving access to the waterfront, growing the city in a way that um, grows with the DNA of Charleston, um, as well as adding new elements to the city, new landmarks, um, new views, new experiences. The Union Pier development and construction will not begin until the plans are approved by the city. In Charleston, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. Well, at rallies at the State House since the summer, Planned Parenthood supporters have been making their voices heard. But the organization says it's also been working to get their message to polling places by getting more people registered to vote, especially young women. We've been on college campuses throughout the summer and uh, trying to let students know about registration. From May 31st to earlier this week, more than 60,000 people registered to vote in the state, with more women signing up than men. But that matches previous trends in South Carolina as the number of female voters to male voters stayed the same, with about 55% of registered voters in South Carolina women and 45% men. Of course, groups hoping to end abortion in South Carolina have been working to mobilize their supporters as well. Palmetto Family has had more than 120 meetings across the state over the last year, meeting in community groups, meeting in churches, uh, talking with folks about the issues, why they matter, 
uh, what their Bible's worldview on that says and really what people can do about that. And when it comes to the election, that is showing up to vote. Well, early voting in South Carolina is underway. And if you've already cast your vote, you may have noticed two additional statewide questions on your ballot. Yeah, our Molly McBride joins us in the newsroom with a breakdown of what these questions are and what they actually mean. Good morning, Molly. Good morning. Those of you who participated in early voting might know what questions we're referring to. There are two additional questions under the statewide constitutional questions that we're going to break down for you. The first one reads, must Section 36A, Article 3 of the Constitution of this state relating to the General Reserve Fund be amended so as to provide the General Reserve Fund of 5% of general fund revenue of that latest completed fiscal year must be increased each year by one half of 1% of the general fund revenue of the latest completed fiscal year until it equals 7% of such revenues. That's a fund that's used to cover year-end operating budget budget deficits when the state can't fully fund its expenditures in a year. According to the South Carolina Elections Commission, a yes vote increases the amount of money the state government must keep in the general reserve or rainy day fund from 5% of the previous year's revenue to 7% of the previous year's revenue. Now to the second question, which focuses on the capital reserve fund. This type of fund is used to replenish the General Reserve Fund when the GRF is used to cover a year-end shortfall in the state's collection. The second additional question on the ballot reads, must Section 36A, Article 3 of the Constitution of the state be amended so as to provide that the Capital Reserve Fund of 2% of the general fund revenue of the latest completed fiscal year be increased to 3% of the general fund revenue of the latest completed fiscal year and to provide that the first use of the Capital Reserve Fund must be to offset mid-year budget reductions. The South Carolina Election Commission says a yes vote for this ballot question will increase the amount of money state government must allot to the Capital Reserve Fund or the Reserve and Capital Improvements Fund from 2% of the previous year's revenue to 3% of the previous year's revenue. It will also require that the Capital Reserve Fund's first priority is to offset mid-year budget cuts at state agencies. I spoke with Isaac Kramer, the executive director of Charleston County's Board of Elections, who says he suggests voters read the text ahead of time in order to be prepared for when they vote. But they will have explanation sheets available on this site as well. While you're in line, you can ask for your sample ballot. Uh, you're going to go to the poll manager at the check-in table or the clerk of the locations or clerks are the lead poll managers. You say, hey, I have a question about the constitutional uh, issues on the ballot. Can I see the sample ballot? And you can see that and read it right then. Remember, early voting ends next Saturday and Election Day is on November 8th. For more information from SC Votes or for an opportunity to access your sample ballot, visit live5news.com and click on the big red box. In the newsroom, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Trident United Way is an organization whose mission is to be a catalyst for community transformation. Yeah, officials say one of the ways they plan to meet this goal is by increasing access to fresh produce in communities that lack these resources. Live 5's Lauren Quinlan joins us now. Lauren, what is the latest project Trident United Way is working on? Nick, officials say they are planning to build three community gardens in Charleston, Dorchester and Berkeley County, but they need the community's help to decide what groups will run them. 
Joey Current with Trident United Way says even in 2022, there are many communities who don't have access to fresh produce due to a lack of transportation or adequate grocery stores. The supplies, training, and expertise needed to grow fruits and veggies will be provided by the organization. Current says all they are looking for are three groups with a passion for community who will sustain the gardens. Each group will nominate a community garden coordinator who will be tasked with organizing volunteers to tend to the space and ensure their produce goes back into the communities that need it. We will be the convener for that group to provide that support and expertise. So we're not going anywhere. We're going to help uh, to support these gardens. And the, this, this particular initiative um, goes uh, to get everything going and to have the gardens growing is about two years. Trident United Way is hosting a virtual information session today at 3 p.m. to provide additional information and details on who is eligible to apply. The three groups will be selected this upcoming February, and the gardens are expected to be built by October of next year. Applications open November 1st, so if your group or one you know out there is interested, visit our website at live5news.com for a link to some more information. Reporting for Live 5 News, I'm Lauren Quinlan. At the top of the show, I mentioned Jonas Salk, who was born on this date 108 years ago. In 1953, Salk pioneered the first successful vaccine against polio, a crippling disease that had killed thousands. Salk never patented the vaccine or earned any money, preferring that that vaccine be distributed as widely as possible. Celebrating birthdays today, actor Dennis Franz is 78. Actress and singer Telma Hopkins is 74. Actress Annie Potts is 70. The talk co-host Cheryl Underwood is 59. Actor-comedian Andy Richter is 56. Actress Julia Roberts is 55. Country singer Brad Paisley is 50. And actor Joaquin Phoenix is 48. Thanks for starting your morning with Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Thanks for listening to Morning, y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.